1: to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 164, and this week I am pleased to be joined by a returning guest, uh, Jeff from the Voices of the Wrestling website. Hi, Jeff.
0: Hey, John. What's up? Uh, not much. I've been watching a lot of wrestling the last few days, which is a welcome change of pace from the last few months where I hadn't been watching much, and uh, have a bit of optimism going forward. So.
1: Oh, that's good. I thought you were pretty negative- I'm in the Slack lately, so...
0: (laughs) That's, like, my gimmick at this point. I think I'm negative on everything until I'm not, and then everyone ignores that.
1: Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, so we're here to talk about New Japan DET. That's today's topic. Um, You know, got a New Japan show to review, a bunch of New Japan stuff to preview, and a DDT show to review as well. Um, So before I get into all that, though, I do want to give a quick plug to the Arresting Omakase Patreon. Uh, if you're not listening, of course, uh, or if you're not subscribing, we've done a ton of stuff on there this month. Um, you know, we covered all the previous King of DT shows, uh, all the King of DT first round, second round, and quarterfinals, exclusively on the Patreon. So you can go back and listen to all three episodes to have uh, all of our previous King of DT coverage right now. Uh, before you go and li- on and listen to us cover the semis and finals here, so we covered every single tournament match. Uh, we also covered the Tokyo Joshi Princess Cup, uh, and we're going to continue to cover that on the Patreon. That will end. Uh, it looks like on the 29th now they had a um, you know a, a short um, you know delay with the semifinals because of the COVID, uh, COVID outbreak. So we're going to cover that. Um, we're going to cover the rest of the Princess Cup. Uh, but we have the you know the first, everything up through the quarterfinals of that as well available on the patreon right now. Uh, we also have two episodes this month already with the uh, two five matches episodes. So if you missed the five matches episodes, they're up there on the patreon right now. We just did another one this weekend with Garrett Kidney that got some great reviews from people that listened to it. So uh, Garrett and I talked three different TNA matches. Uh, a fish street fight, fish market street fight, which was a lot of fun to break down. Uh, also, the Samoa Joe, famous first Samoa Joe Kurt Angle match. The famous uh, America's Most Wanted and Triple X Tag Team match from 2004 that, uh, you know, Garrett himself, a very uh, well-known total non-stop action historian, said was the best match in TNA history. Can't really disagree with him. Uh, And we also covered a couple AJ Styles matches outside of TNA. So if you were a big TNA fan back in the day, I think you'll enjoy that episode. We did AJ and John Cena from WWE, and we did AJ Naito from 2014 in New Japan. So the the first AJ Naito match. So it was a really fun five matches episode, and that's up right now for you to listen to. Uh, We also talked a lot about the, uh, you know, the... We did the... Oh, I'm sorry. We're doing the Naito Ishii series. I lost my train of thought there for a second. Uh, The Naito Ishii series. We're covering every single Tipsiya Naito versus Tomohiro Ishii match in order. We're through six matches right now. So I think you'll enjoy that a lot if you like either guy. You know, we're not the same thing as the Tanahashi Okada series. It's also available for you to listen to right now. We don't just cover the individual matches, we also cover, you know, everything those wrestlers did in between. So it becomes more like an oral history of their New Japan careers. So I have a lot of fun with it. Uh, You know, the last episode we did, we covered, you know, pretty much like Naito's famous Intercontinental title reign, which was a lot of fun to recount. And then we did the uh, Naito Ishii match from the, you know, the uh, first American show. That match is great. Yeah, it's it's actually the lowest rated one I have so far. It is, but yeah. it's still great. It's still a really good match. It's like a three and three quarter. Start Their match. baseline is great. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, yeah. But we got we still have four more to go, and we'll get through that soon. And the next month will be huge for us because you know, um, assuming there's no delays related to COVID, uh, we are going to cover you know the all three tournaments that's to kick off in Japan next month: the G1 Climax, the Champion Carnival and the n1 uh from noah uh you know i still need to see what the n1 i mean the g1 and the and the champion carnival they're all going to air live and i still need to see what the n1 schedule will be like but we're going to cover all three of those Uh, i'm going to do my best to cover them all um you know it'll be a mix of uh so basically what we'll do i'm going to work out the schedules we'll cover some of it here on the free show but like the day-to-day coverage especially like the weekday shows we'll cover on the patreon so if you want to hear the entire coverage, you want to hear my thoughts on every single G1 match, every Champion Carnival match, and every N1 match from Noah, uh, that'll be, you'll want to subscribe to the Patreon for that. So it'll be a lot of content coming out in September into October. So, Because, I mean, we're, we're almost at the G1 already. The G1 kicks off September 19th. Uh, Champion Carnival starts a little sooner than that, I believe. So all that stuff will be on the Patreon as well as on the free feed. So, you know, if you want to hear all of it, you'll have to go subscribe to the Patreon. But yeah, all that stuff, more stuff too, anime omakase, all the stuff we do, it's only $5 a month. I think it's a great deal. I know I'm very biased, but I think you get a lot of audio for $5 a month. Uh, you know, So definitely check us out at patreon.com slash uh, You know, Get all your retro stuff and all your current stuff too. So it's a great mix, no matter what kind of Japanese wrestling coverage you're looking for. I think you'll find it on our Patreon. Okay, so with that out of the way. First show we're going to talk about is the week three of New Japan Strong. It aired on Friday, August twenty first. Uh, you know, not clear when or where it was taped. Well, where we know actually it was taped in California, in the the same venue that the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood uses. But uh, this was the third week of Strong. We're going to keep covering it pretty much every week, I think as long as i'm still enjoying it i guess is what it comes down to uh but you know we we're, we've been covering it so far on the on amikaze so we at least, even i just want people to know that we'll probably still cover it going forward even though the new japan cup usa is over will uh, that be
0: accompanying your dynamite reviews no
1: be- no dynamite reviews i don't i don't watch dynamite so uh but yeah this is the only the only wrestling show The only weekly wrestling show produced in America that I watch is New Japan for Wrestling Strong.
0: It's a good decision.
1: Uh, The opener was Rocky Romero and Adrian Quest defeating Danny Limelight and the DKC. Uh, Rocky tapping out the DKC in 957 with a Diablo armbar. So I didn't know anything about three of these four men, so I went to cage match. Just like last week to research them. Uh, Adrian Quest is 24 years old, but somehow... I mean, he's only 24, but he's somehow been wrestling 11 years already. So he's been at this since he was 13, which I don't know. That, that's almost like child abuse. But anyway... That's uh, Danny Child Limel- abuse in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Danny Limelight is 28, but he's been wrestling since 2014. Uh, and the DKC is another age-unknown guy, but he's only been wrestling since 2018 uh the story here seems to be that rocky is testing limelight because he sees potential in him but the announcers did a good job explaining the story so that's good uh and they they had a fun little like anything you can do i could do better type exchange with like you okay. know they were trading various moves and limelight seemed like he was almost trying to rip rocky off but in like a good way and you know they end up with like a big drop kick trading sequence and then we got some really nice mat wrestling with uh the dkc and quest uh, apparently dkc had some kind of legit like martial arts background at least according to Alex Kozlov, but he looked I mean, he looked really good in there so and then obviously rocky ultimately tapped dkc out uh i would go three and a quarter i like this it was a good opener
0: uh i really liked this uh i was flirting with i mean I, I, it's hard to say i was flirting with four, but i went three and three quarters i really enjoyed it I don't think Rocky gets enough credit for being a really, really strong worker. Uh, I know every time the Super Juniors comes up, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Rocky's really good again. Uh, But he's always just been really... He's never been the best in the the particular division, but he's always just been top-notch, and I never think he gets the credit he deserves. He was really good here. Uh, I really liked Danny Limelight. Uh, I thought he showed a lot of potential. and to, In general, I don't know where New Japan are finding all these uh, U.S. indie guys that look to have so much potential because every time I look at a U.S. indie show, it looks like shit, to be honest. So I don't know where they're finding these guys, but God bless. Uh, it is weird, thought,
1: right, that like so many yeah. of these guys don't get booked anywhere, and they seem to be really good. So yeah, like, I don't they're know, really good. So I don't know what the fuck like, Beyond and all them are Like They're so busy b- booking. I mean, I guess what it comes down to is these promotions are so busy booking... Like, fucking... I mean, I don't want to hate on intergender... There's, there's been good intergender matches, but, like, it feels like they've gone really overboard with the intergender stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, especially, like, Beyond has gone really, you know, nuts for intergender. And yeah, then, like... You gotta get them YouTube heads, right. But, like, even more the intergender though, like, they've gone crazy with the comedy. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And it's, like, all the... Like you said, Dan Housen and the wacky gimmicks or whatever. But it's, like, there are clearly good wrestlers out there. Like mean, New Japan has found them. I mean, it's really not... Yeah. I don't know. It is very it is very weird. But uh,
0: uh, Yeah, I went three and three quarters on this. I thought the finishing stretch was really good. I thought everyone looked really good in the ring. Uh, I didn't know how short a time DKC had been wrestling. Uh, he was actually my weak man in this. I liked the other th- three participants a lot better than I liked him. I thought it slowed down a bit when he got in the ring, but overall, that's just a minor critique. It was a great match. I, I really enjoyed it for what it was. It was a good opening match.
1: I feel like I need to uh you know clarify what i said before because people might take me out of context i have nothing against intergender wrestling in certain contexts and when it works i mean there's a saki akai intergender match on the dt show that i thought was pretty great but like you know i don't know it just feels like american wrestling does it as a gimmick now you know like just like we have nothing on this show so let's book chris dickinson against priscilla kelly uh, just, yeah, like, they don't.
0: They don't do it as anything that's meant to be in any way meaningful. They do it because look at here we have intergender matches. Uh, where are our woke points? Please ignore the fact that we were allowing sexual abuse to happen in the locker room.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't even know if it's about woke points as much as it's about like just. I don't know. They think it makes them stand out or something, but now it's yeah. so. Now it's so. Uh, you know, it, there's so much of it now that it doesn't. It doesn't stand out anymore. Like I don't know. It just kind of. And they don't. When you have a promotion that like I guess, just does it as a matter of course, like Jakar used to be in the back in the day, I guess it's fine. But it feels like it's just like a gimmick now.
0: Yeah, Uh, woke points probably aren't the word for it, but it does just feel like a a bit of a look at my hands, not at what's going on. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like it's a very you know distraction from how crappy the American indie scene has become. Right. Uh, Match number two: Brody King and Flip Gordon defeating Chase Owens and Jay White. Uh, Brody pinning Chase Owens at 844 with the Gonzo Bomb. Uh, it was good to see Jay White back, but it was bad to see Flip Gordon back in New Japan ring, so they kind of kind of uh, even themselves out here. Uh, but yeah, White and Chase double team Flip in a somewhat boring matter- manner for a while. Uh, the Brody comeback was pretty cool, though. He's undoubtedly very good at running wild, but he tagged back out to Flip way too fast for me, though. And then Brody and the pinning Chase, uh, this is all right. Certainly, nothing all that great, nothing all that bad. I would go like two and three quarters. It was like slightly above average.
0: Uh, I was a little higher on this than you were, though. In the spirit of full disclosure, I really like Jay White.
1: Um, I like Jay White too. I just did, he didn't do a lot
0: here. I didn't think, but uh, he didn't. But I, re- I, I, I get off on the subtle shit he does. So, like, that's just my thing. Like, I, I like when they cut him when they cut off. Uh, I think it was Flip at the beginning of the match, and they, you know, like the way they worked the heat segment. And that was really fun. Uh, I'm not. As high on flip as a lot of people are, either uh, I don't think I think he looks better. I think he looked better here than he did last time he was in Japan.
1: Who's high on uh, flip?
0: Okay, fine. <laughs> I, was, I was trying <laughs> to give the man the benefit of the doubt. But anyway, we were trying here, but fine. Okay, no one likes flip. Uh, I don't think that's really a secret, but I'm sure he has a fan, whether it be his family or otherwise. Um, I really, I am in favor of the uh, Jay White scummy beard. I don't know how, where you fall on that. It's uh, fine. Yeah, the clean ver, clean shaven versus scummy beard. I like the scummy beard. I kind of want him uh, to go clean
1: shaven again now just because he's had the beard for, beard for so long. Uh, like...
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I really like the beard. To me, it completes him. It just makes him look like the biggest shithead in the world, and I love it. Um, other than that, I think Jay White's heel stuff is next level compared to U.S. guys like MJF. Uh, I don't know. I even like MJF. I, just, I think he was a little bit better. Uh they did go to the ref spot a little too much for my liking. Uh the, the I think my favorite spot in the match was uh when Jay White got torn to shreds and then Chase Owens just like pulls him out. Like it looked like that scene in a movie where the villain gets pulled out by his lackeys and he's having to regroup. Uh it just looked pretty neat. Uh I think the most interesting part of the match is at the end though, but I did go three and a quarter. So
1: uh afterwards, yes, Hikuleo ran in, I assume that's what you're talking about, and attacks Brody. Uh, as you get like the big man exchange and he laid him out i thought Hikuleo he looked way i mean this was a two second long run-in so i guess you can't really tell that much but i thought his offense looked way more crisp here than it did before he left for excursion so hopefully that's a good sign i mean i i i have not i did not seen any a single fucking thing of him in rev pro so i can't i don't know if he's gotten better or not but he looked good here
0: he looks about thirty pounds heavier, maybe even forty, and he looks like a spitting image of his father. Yeah, he looks way closer to what I expect of Haku's kids than uh, the other two.
1: Well, uh, well, one of them's one of them's, uh, you know, adopted.
0: Ah, okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> but Bye anyway, uh, but yeah, did Sik- not know that. Not gonna lie.
1: But yeah, so Hikuleo, um, you know, I I, I think because next week we're gonna start the road to Fighting Spirit Unleashed, which basically means I guess they're gonna build to a Fighting Spirit Unleashed show is like the big show of that next taping, and I assume this this will be a singles match on that show on the next big show, Hikuleo and Brody King, which sounds good to me. I mean, yeah, Okay, well, they this actually. this I mean this fucking promotion that has like ten people. Uh, realistically is somehow booked way better than anything else going on in america yeah and what it's, was your? it's kind of what, silly
0: what was your slack quote it's the uh, nicest guy in prison
1: well I was like <laughs> <laughs> that's true because it was Gerard yeah. said it was like the best the best show going on in America, but I was like that's not it's a it's a very mean phrase to prisoners but yes that's yeah. the, po- that is the popular phrase that the uh and is turn the nicest guy in prison but yeah so next week uh we got the road to defying spirit unleashed i assume they're going to do a bunch of tags to build up Hikuleo versus brody king which i'm here for that should be a lot of fun uh the final match of the evening this is only a three-match show was unlike the other ones that all been four matches i think Uh, The New Japan Cup USA final, Kenta defeating David Finley in 1335 with the go to sleep. Uh, So you could see a briefcase in the background as Kenta came out and Kevin Kelly confirmed that the winner here will get a certificate to challenge for the US title. Uh, You know, he made the comparison similar to G1. So that will presumably be the top title of this US brand until Moxley can defend the real title at some point. Uh, moxley did mention uh, apparently on observer radio i haven't heard the interview but he said there is some kind of negotiation going on and they're hoping to find a way to do the uh the moxley kenta match presumably before uh, you know moxley can actually get back to japan since you know aw won't let him work in america that's basically the problem
0: maybe moxley can drop the title to kenta in exchange for kenny omega to be allowed back in japan
1: (laughs) yeah maybe maybe harold can call immigration uh (laughs) but yeah i I like the briefcase too because it looked almost like like it looked like a diy version of the the normal g1 briefcase like like it had a much more like uh i don't know like a like it just looked very i guess diy like i said i don't know i can't think of another word for it it just didn't look as fancy as the regular briefcase but it kind of works for the the strong brand which is like much more uh gritty i think than the regular new japan yeah, I agree. Uh, but yes, we got some wrist locking and grappling to start, which you know I always enjoy that as a the start of a big match. Uh, and Kenta continually like pulling on on Finley's hair to get out of his side headlock is pretty great heel work from him. Uh, Kevin Kelly also mentioned during this that they have a standby match if this ended early, which is a nice touch. And again, the the nicest guy in prison stuff like they they really go out of the way to make like everything make sense here and like have a logical world to it it's like yeah this match could end early so we have another match like that used to be a very standard line i think in american like studio wrestling and stuff or you'd have like you know tv time remaining and all that but like nobody bothers with that stuff anymore because it's like well it's fake so uh, you yeah, don't that have old to... school
0: studio stuff i get my rocks off on that like the just the little lines like that where it makes it feel more legitimate yeah. uh that stuff i really enjoy and i I cannot stress en- enough how much I've enjoyed Strong so far.
1: The The whole yeah. thing with, like, just the commentary in general, English and Japanese, they really go out of their way to make, uh, you know, to make everything make sense. I mean, Shingo Takagi, after Sengoku Lord, like, explicitly kept saying on commentary, like, you know, Hiromu told us not to come out, to explain you know, no matter what, do not come out, to explain why they didn't come out to save him. It's like, they, they really go out of their way to make everything make sense, which I appreciate a lot as a pedantic nerd. But, yeah, so I wanted to shout out Kevin Kelly for that uh, that line because it's a great line. Uh, Kenta worked Finley over and then, like, put him in a chin lock as he hit the five-minute mark. Uh, there was some movement here from both guys. They didn't, li- they didn't literally just sit in the chin lock like a lot of people do, so that was good. Uh, Finley countered with an awesome backdrop suplex and a very nice spinning uppercut off the ropes for a two-count. Uh, Kenta came back with a nice diving clothesline for a two-count of his own. He hit two DDTs, one draping on the middle rope for a close near fall, as he got the 10-minute call. Uh, Kent to hit a really big double stop, really right into Finley's guts for a two count, and Finley's selling was really good here, which is like the one thing, even when his offense wasn't very good, and I think he's made a lot of progress on that actually in the last like couple of years. Uh, you know, his his offense has got, I mean, his selling was always really good, so that's really been his calling card, I think uh finley came back with a huge spear speaking of his improved offense but kenta kicks out at two uh Ken, finley uh followed up with the uh last shot which is that spinning suplex over the knee but that also just sets a two count i don't remember whose finisher that was that's called the last shot it was it was somebody's finisher uh kenta then sends finley into the ref without them actually colliding and low blows him then he goes for the inside cradle but unlike with jeff cobb that was not enough for the pin here uh, Finley kicked out, which I like that as a near fall. Uh, and then K- Kenta put Finley, or picks Finley up and goes for the go to sleep. Uh, Finley lands on his feet and then, like, unloaded on Kenta with European uppercuts. Great fire here from Finley. Uh, he went for his acid drop thing. I, I don't, I think Prima Nakday is what he calls it. Uh, but Kenta lands on his feet, puts him out with a sleeper, hits a PK, and he picks him up and hits go to sleep. This time he hits it this, and gets the pen uh great finish i thought just like very definitive or he just like you know finley guys come back and look good, but kenta you know clearly finishes them off and is the better man but yeah i thought this was awesome the highlight of the tournament for sure uh i went four stars flat on it uh you know the best match we've seen on strong so far and if you're gonna have an awesome main event this is a great time to have it in the new japan cup usa final i think this could have been even higher with a crowd even like a clap crowd like we have in japan right now but as it is i'm going four stars i really enjoyed it
0: Uh, i also really enjoyed it Uh, and one thing i want to make note of finley looks so much better than he did just a year ago like just being trimmed up a bit and it looks like he's a bit more toned he he just looks a lot more like a star than he did like i said but even a year ago uh, I don't know if that's just me, and I'd, I I am definitely a look guy. No, I, I like think he, when,
1: I, I think he looks better. I agree. I I think I yeah. pointed that out on week one. So.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah. So great minds think alike. Uh, I think shit cunt heel kenta is the best kenta. Oh yeah, I, by by a mile. He is. <laughs> I know, I know everyone wants him to be like 2009 kenta again, but man, I really enjoy this version well, of two, him. Well,
1: well, 2009 he, kenta was pretty fucking heelish too.
0: Yeah, but the, he. He just feels more deliberate now. I kind of like the slower pace. Uh, I'm not saying he's like as crazy was then, but I'm just really enjoying this version of him where I don't know if I'm willing, like, I don't know if I'd want to trade this for that at this point. I've really enjoyed his work since he came back. Um, on the note of, uh, Finley's improved offense, that Irish curse backbreaker he hit, I think it was an Irish curse, looked brutal on Kenta and, uh, there's a lot but there's a lot of snap and viciousness to kenta's offense these days uh in general uh that double foot stomp is something i would not take in, in front of no fans yeah that was brutal yeah. that looked like death i was like oh they're ending this here uh i i did like the near fall like you said with the low blow uh overall finley had great fire the whole match i did like how definitive it was it it wasn't a squash, per se, because Finley did get offense, but it was like 70-30 Kenta, I would say.
1: Yeah, which is good. That's what it should have been.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went four flat. I thought it was really good. So Yeah.
1: I, mean, I saw some people say they didn't think it was much, but I think, uh, you know, different people, different tastes, I don't know. Some people I think are just never going to like anything Empty Arena, and I get it, because there's a ceiling on it for me, too, but I, this was like as good of an Empty Arena match as you could probably have.
0: Uh, yeah I, I i thought this was really good as far as empty arena goes and to be honest uh the style they're working on strong to me is conducive to empty arenas yeah i don't I, know if i'm on an island on that no no, no like, i
1: agree because they work really fast and they work you know they don't they you know they they give you the, the mat they're keeping the match time short first of all which is a, yeah. a big key for making this work i mean even this this is like the longest match they have in the entire tournament it was like still under 14 minutes so
0: you don't have time to notice that there are no fans
1: yeah exactly
0: uh, I think it's a lot better than like even the AEW stuff I was seeing, where even with like the manufactured crowd noise, uh, the I think the matches were just going too long, where you kinda noticed eventually. Well, I, I also
1: hate the fake crowd noise. Like to me, that's way like on, when AEW does it and WWE, it's like it's to me that's more distracting. But I don't know, yeah. like it just it just sounds so fucking fake that like that like incessant hum basically. It's
0: too manufactured. Yeah. yeah.
1: But uh, overall, I call this another good show. I mean, I've enjoyed all three weeks of it. So, I mean, this is, Me you know, I don't know. This is probably my favorite for best weekly show right now. Because I like the DT TV show, too, when they, were, when they were Empty Arena. But I think I might like Strong slightly better. So, uh, But, yeah, this was a good show. Uh, you know, our first four-star match. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do now with the road to Fighting Spirit Unleashed that kicks mm-hmm. off next Friday. So, definitely, I always watch it, you know, right at 10 o'clock on Friday. Definitely enjoying it a lot. Uh, so let's look ahead now at New Japan because they have a big week other than, uh, you know, the strong coming back on Friday, which we don't have a card for yet. So uh, but we do have cards for the Summer Struggle, two Korakins uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. And then, of course, the big show at Jingu, the outdoor Jingo St- Jingu Stadium show, uh, which is, of course, where the, um, God, where the Tokyo Yakut Swallows play. So that's a, you know, one of the nippon professional baseball teams, but yeah, it's their first show in Jingu since 1999, I believe. I know it went, I went it went up on New Japan World recently, but uh, you know it'll have a capacity limit of 5,000. I assume it's going to sell out. Uh, I think I saw that the last time I checked. I think that all they had left was like uh, special accessible tickets or something. So you know, basically sold out.
0: What's the capacity they're allowing?
1: They're only 5,000. Gotcha. Because that's the that's the max in Japan right now for anything. So, like, you just cannot do more than five thousand, even uh you know, even in an outdoor arena. Apparently, but I'm just double checking what the seats say.
0: Was the uh, last Jingu show the Onita Muda? I think so. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm just checking real quick what the ticket sales are like because if there is something else left. Uh, it looks like, yeah, it looks like all that's left is the stand seats, so I don't know, maybe they won't sell out them, but I guess we'll find out. Uh, in the meantime, though, the, the show that kicks off on, uh, the 26th, that's the first Corican, uh, that has, of course, the four KOPW 2020 first round matches that have people lighting their hair on fire, but, uh, I don't know, <laughs> it does it doesn't, I'm not like... I feel like I'm in the middle on this. I'm not, like, fucking thrilled about it. I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, this is the best thing New Japan's has done in, you know, 10 years or something. Like, I've seen some takes. But at the same time, it's a random corkin. I mean, I wasn't expecting... I, I don't know if people were expecting, like, everyone to nominate, like, Cage and Ladder and uh, Hardcore Match, all this stuff. It's like, well, they went wacky with it, and they clearly told them to hold back on, like, some of the steps and not do anything too crazy, since it's just a corkin. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to get four singles matches on a corkin which is pretty rare compared to, you know, all these shows that have a lot of tags. And, you know, one of them is guaranteed to be pretty good, I think. I think Show and Sonata, you know, where they both picked a submission match, which is really funny. Uh, yeah. Sonata just being like, ah, I don't care. I just want to do that, too. So Sonata kind of ruined the entire point of it right away. But, uh, yeah, we're guaranteed a submission match. And that, I mean, I, I really doubt that's going to be anything but really good. I mean, I've liked all their exchanges leading up to this. Um, you know Toriano and Bushi. I mean, people acted like fucking t- were ruining the sanctity of Toriano versus Bushi. <laughs> it's like that's always like really what? It's like good, come on. It's like all oh, two count pimples or five count break out. It's like it's Toriano and Bushi. I mean, it's always gonna be it always gonna be a comedy match. It's not like it's the same thing where it's like oh this is New Japan. I'm like yes, New Japan does comedy. Toriano and Bushi. They would that would have been comedy Didn't
0: with or without. I watched Yano get counted out in an elevator. I'm
1: just... <laughs> I mean, like, like this yeah. is. I don't know. Like, people act like this is 1990s rings or something. I'm like, this <laughs> is. Uh, it's New Japan. They have comedy. I don't know what to tell you.
0: like it's not my stick. I, I usually fast forward Yano matches. I am that guy. And I'm not. Like, you know, in general, I don't like this step. Uh, and I am adding it to the case file for Tanahashi being the true ace over Okada. Um, but I. Like three of the stip's basically don't change the matches at all. Um, like one's a submission match, one is either a finishers match or a no finishers match. So basically, it's a singles match. Yeah, uh, and it's this Despi Kojima singles match. I'm not gonna like. That's get gonna, gonna be that's gonna be that. really
1: good. I mean, For that's sure? really, yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever wins. I mean, finisher only. I think it means you can't end the you can only end the match with a finisher. I think. From what I saw. Okay. I don't think it literally... like People are taking it to mean you literally could only hit Lariats or... Uh, God, whatever the fuck Desperados Finisher is called. I can't yeah, remember. What are they
0: but... going to do? Run it? like what, What's Kojima just going to hit the ropes and sprint back and forth with the arm out for yeah. an hour? No, that's no, not how the match is going to go. Yeah, nice. It's just,
1: it's just going to mean that you can only win with your finisher. And then Desperados yeah. is even simpler. I mean, it just means you can't do your finisher. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that that's going to be fine. I mean, I think that'll be really good. Uh, Yano and Bushi will be a comedy match no matter what. I hope two-count pinfall wins, because I think that'd be funny. But five-count mm-hmm. ring-out could also have potential, so it doesn't really matter. Show and Sonata is a submission match either way, and that, like I said, that could be really good. And Okada vs. Yujiro. Uh, okay, Okada vs. Yujiro has fucking sucked every time they've done it. So I don't really care that it might either be a one-versus-three handicap match or a lumberjack with leather belt death match. Like, both those gimmicks sound pretty shitty, but like the fucking ceiling here is not exactly very high anyway. Like, I'm sorry, if you took away these stipulations, uh, it's it's not like this is ruining a Matt Classic. It's Okada and Yujiro. It's gonna be yeah. bad no matter what.
0: And it's Okada in front of few fans, which, as we've seen recently, isn't exactly, uh... He's not exactly pulling a Masawa here.
1: Yeah, I don't know. So there's like Some of the takes I see on this, it's like, in general, when people's takes in New Japan this year, like they've, they've lost the plot. And it's like, well, this wait, is...
0: Okay. I don't like it right like i don't like this step i don't like i don't like the whole concept but i'm also consistent i didn't bitch about the multi-mans i was fine with the multi-mans what did you expect it's a cork and they've always had multi-mans uh if you don't like the direction of the promotion that's fine but complaining about multi-man they've had multi-man since the beginning of time that's just that. that's what the promotion is yeah um now do i like these no is it something different sure uh and, and now that i've seen the stipulations, and they're not that ridiculous. Uh, I am not I'm still not thrilled. I'm a little less hostile than I was in the beginning where I, I you know, I was kind of calling for Gato's head. Uh, but not literally, folks. Don't can you know, don't get too <laughs> bent out. But uh, I was not on a, uh, a hitman site. But you know, I uh, Do they have those Hitman sites? Or I you just doubt go on it. and be like you know, can I can I dark web? Yeah, just type in, hey listen, I need Gate you know, I need Gato. Gato took the belt off of Naito I need him gone. Uh, no, but, you know, I think this is going to be fine. I, will, I probably will just pick my highlights. It's not like I was going to watch Okada Yujiro anyway. <laughs> so what, whatever they decide to do, God bless.
1: Yeah, I um, don't know. People people lost their minds with this. and I, I Look, some of these stipulations are very goofy. I really doubt whenever they start doing defenses and they only have to come up with one stipulation, you know, or two stipulations for one match instead of eight for four matches that they're going to be this goofy, you know? I think they'll probably be more like, uh, in a ladder or cage or whatever, which is, like, fine. I mean, it's like one match on a fucking show. It's not, it really is not that big a deal. So, this Corican's more interesting than it would have been. If you want your multi-man tags, it's on the very next night. I mean, like, what is the big deal?
0: Yeah, I will say this. I think it's part of the, uh, brain rot that Western fans have. And I... always look for the signs of a promotion in decline because so much of wrestling history is, uh, Based around promotions and decline, and so much of what is interesting about wrestling is when promotions hit their decline. Uh, you, you know, a lot there's a lot of podcasts about, like, WCW and their decline, and can, can people pinpoint where it started to go downhill? And the answer is, like, 1989. Uh, but, you know, uh, people are always kind of pressed to look for the end or for, like, the beginning of the downward spiral. And I think when there's something that people have attached themselves to, like New Japan, uh, they get really
1: no. I that's worried. fair. That's fair. Yeah. And so I when think... they
0: see the first time, they're like, "Oh God, now what's next?" And yeah. yeah. I do. I think people.
1: I think people should take a few deep breaths and understand that pretty much nothing in wrestling is as good as it was before COVID. Uh, it's gonna that's going to happen when you can't have people that cannot fucking cheer and cannot make noise, which is such a big part of wrestling. And, I, I mean, I just don't... Like, New Japan is one of the only promotions I'm enjoying right now. You know, it's pretty much just like, I don't know, New Japan, DDT, and stardom at this point. So, like, I don't know. I just think people kind of got to calm down a little bit. I'm not saying this is like... Clearly 2020 is not like fucking peak 2013 or 2015, but I, I think people have gone way overboard. And, like... Declaring at the end of the era, or whatever. Like, wait until if crowds come back and it still feels weird, and, and like half the roster is able to come back and it still feels weird and off, then fine. Then you can start declaring at the beginning and the end, or whatever. But
0: I think people have,
1: you know, have lost their minds on this. And I, I kind of well, think people have lost their minds on New Japan since the day the elite left. But as I've said before,
0: I agree. <laughs> and I think, uh, and I think it's you know, people kind of have to come to grips with the fact that. The roster isn't what it was in twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. I think it has like at the undercard it has more depth, but I think at the top end of the card they're experimenting and they're trying to figure out who where they want people to be positioned going forward because Yeah, and look, obviously
1: I mean, the- like Naito and Tanahashi no Kata are all kind of banged up too. So.
0: And and we'll, and look how many people are like Goto is in his is approaching his mid forties. Yeah, go uh, Goto's go- I mean, like
1: done as a main eventer, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, I mean he's gonna be a dad soon. Tanahashi is gonna be a da- is gonna be a dad probably within the next three to four years, uh, which I'm not ready for. <laughs> uh, as a, as the uh, mainline Tanahashi stand, uh, I'm not ready for that. But uh, you know, Tanahashi, Goto are all kind of mo- are kind of moving down the card. Ishi is gonna be moving down the card sooner rather than later. Honda. Uh, Han- I mean, they have a lot of people that they're kind of cycling people into spots for. Naito and Abushi aren't exactly spry chickens. I know Abushi looks like he's 28, but he's 40. Yeah. Uh, almost, oh, no. you know. Like, oh, like 37? 37.
1: Yeah,
0: 37. Yeah, but he's almost 40. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, these are all older wrestlers, and they're going to have to eventually uh, move people up the card at an accelerated pace. That just is what it is. And uh, New Japan's probably going to look a lot different in the next two to three years. And, uh, you know... I, I'm not as you know on board with the evil direction as I think you and some others are, but like man, you know they had to try something and they have to try some things going forward, and we'll have to see where they end up. And they, I, have,
1: and they have a lot of young wrestlers too, so I'm not that I, I really They have
0: them. a lot of young wrestlers. Yeah, and they're they're dead. They are loaded with young talent right now. Yeah, that's my opinion on it. Uh,
1: the other two matches in the show are Tanahashi because those are matches three through six. And then we have match 2 which is Tanahashi, Abushi, Tenzan and Wato against Taichi, ZSJ, Kanemaru, and Doki and your opener has Nagata, Suji and Uemura against the new Never Six Fan Champions Goto, Ishii and Yoshihashi in a non-title match. Uh speaking of Goto like, you know, and Ishii being like downcycled, they're not even on Jingu, which I know they yeah. wanted to keep that that show shorter, but like, you know, that yeah, they don't even have a match on Jingu. which is interesting uh the next night for cork and on thursday is your more standard uh you know hype night but you have a big main event with naito and Hiromu against evil and ishibori that should be pretty fun um yeah. you have tanahashi abushi and wato against taichi zsj and kanemaru uh shingo sanada and bushi against S- suzuki desperado and doki uh okada yano show against yujiro gato and Jado. that should be awful um, Kojima, <laughs> Nagata, and Honma against Goto, Ishii and Yoshihashi again non-title, and we finally get another Suji versus Uemura singles match. It feels like it's been forever for them, but that's the opener. Too long. Uh, and then Jingu is on Saturday, which is a big show. Obviously, we'll cover this next week on Omikaze. Uh, we'll, we'll also cover the Corrigan's and Strong too. So, but yeah, the the opener, the Master Derby, Master Wato versus Heel Master. Yoshinobu Katamaru. I am extremely excited for this match. Me too. I cannot wait for the Master Derby.
0: Yeah, I'm... So, I uh, I am an unapologetic Water stan. I, I actually really like him in the multi-bands. Uh, I think his offense looks really good. I think he's coming into his own. Uh, he, had a great, got... he had a
1: really good single match with Doki, too. I think. Yeah,
0: I thought that match was really good. Uh, I think people got bent out of shape because the gimmick looks ridiculous, and it does. Uh, but I, I think... People always do that. They look at the gimmick and they go, "Oh no, he's doomed!" And they never actually play up to the gimmick. Uh, he, he'll probably have a dopey Wrestle Kingdom entrance once a year, and that's a, that'll be the extent of this gimmick having any kind of place in things. Uh, he's not gonna like come down with like a, you know, a staff and come to the way of the. He's not gonna do that. He's that's not what they do with things. Uh, they don't hit you over the head with a brick. And I think people's brains are broken because they're used to Western wrestling. Uh, that's never what this was going to be, and I'm happy that's not what it is. Um, I think Wato has been really good. Uh, I think he has really good synergy with Tanahashi and Ibushi. And, you and know, he's a good too. fall guy. Yeah, him and Tenzon have good synergy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's a good fall guy for those eight man and six man tags. Yeah.
1: The only thing Wato's uh, really bad at is promos, which is what he needs Tenzon for, I guess. Because, yeah, Wato is like one of the worst promo guys in New Japan in a long yeah, time. He like, he's really terrible at promos.
0: But... Which is probably part of why they gave him a gimmick where he wouldn't really need to talk.
1: Right, exactly. Uh, match number... Eddie, I think Watson's going to win. Do you think any differently?
0: I hope. Yeah, he'll win. I, I like Kanemaru. I, I, I really... Uh, you know, I I kind of want... An offhand part of me wants to see him win because I really want a Hiromu-Kanemaru match. But... um. I know that's not going to happen.
1: So Every yeah. time every time I see Kanemaru now, I can't... Do you, I don't know if you've seen this account on Twitter. It's like Peter Griffin Smark or Smark Peter Griffin, which is like... A, no. Yeah, it's like Peter Griffin if he was a wrestling smark. And he just has a tweet that's just like, <laughs> Holy crap, Lois, it's Mario Yoshinoba. And I just, I don't know. Every time I see Kanemaru now, I think about uh... it. Uh, match number two, KOPW 2020 finals four-way match. Uh, I like that this does not have any other wacky gimmick. I like that Okada was like, well, four way match is a gimmick. So we'll just do it, four way match. But yes, the four winners from earlier. Um, I guess we should pick who we think they'll be, first of all. Okada versus Yujiro, obviously Okada, I think. Yeah. Sonata Show could go either way. I'm going to say Sonata. Do you disagree?
0: Uh, I, uh, oh, sorry. I think it's Sonata.
1: Yeah. Uh Yano bushi again could go either way. I kinda think they're gonna want one junior to win, and Yano already beat him, so I think it'll be bushi Um Especially since it'll either be by a two count pin or a five count ring out. I mean he could either easily win either one of those.
0: See, I think Yano wins and I think b wins.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. I'm gonna still go, I'm gonna go yeah. You're right, because I forgot about Desperate and Kojima. Okay, so Yano wins, and then Desperado. Yeah, it's the fourth guy. That makes
0: sense. Yano will be the wacky change of pace for the four-way. Yeah. Um, Plus, if Sonata's winning, you can't have Bushi.
1: Now, I'm glad you said that, because I agree. Sonata's winning the four-way. Because I think he's finally going to get one up on his rival. He's not going to pin Okada or whatever, but I think he'll win the four-way, and then the first defense or whatever will be Sonata versus Okada, and Okada will probably beat him for the for it there.
0: Yeah. So that makes th- sense. Yeah,
1: so I think Sonata's gonna win. But yeah, this is I mean, I don't really like multiway matches or like, you know, uh, you know, multiway singles matches, but hey, yeah, this could be pretty good. I mean it's 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 also again, where I think people are freaking out needlessly. It's match two. It's like below the never title. It's like it's not being presented as a top tier thing here. So
0: Yeah, I mean I like I said I still don't like it myself, but uh it is what it is and to be honest uh, anything that can keep okada away from the world title i'm okay with
1: yeah exactly. now if
0: this is now if this is a short-term solution and he's and uh you know naito staring at the lights at the end of this then okada walks out like hey guys i'm you know i'm i might scream but yeah,
1: yeah i think okada's staying away from the title for now but i guess <laughs> I I mean, he basically said so in uh you know in tokyo sports so uh yeah Match number three is for the never open weight title. Shingo Takagi making his f- attempted fourth defense against Minoru Suzuki. Uh, I mean, this is going to be awesome, I think. Uh, th- their exchange last week uh, during those uh, one of those multi-man tags during the core against- they They had an awesome exchange. So I think this will be a really good match. And I'm, I think Shingo wins. I mean, Suzuki won. He wouldn't shock me. But I think Shingo, Shingo will retain.
0: Uh, yeah, I really... Suzuki's another one, by the way, cycling down the card. But um, I really... Th- this match will be really great, or it'll uh, disappoint, I think. I think there is an offhand chance that uh, Suzuki doesn't bump enough for a match with Shingo. Uh, there are a few moves Shingo likes to do that I struggle to, in my mind's eye, see Suzuki taking. Uh, Made in Japan being one of them. Uh, you know, so I I have some reservations about this. Uh, but these two are top-end guys. I think it'll be great regardless, um, if you know, if all things go according to plan. But I do have some reservations and a, f- a little bit of worry. And I, I did kind of think that might be why they were alluding to making it a death match and adding a bit of a gimmick because maybe the style they didn't expect the styles to cla- to mesh. But uh, from the exchanges on the multi mans they've been really good. So I'm pretty optimistic at this point. A lot more optimistic than I was going in.
1: Uh, match four Hiromu Takahashi making his attempted second defense against Taiji Ishimori Um, look this is this is one of those matches where um, I don't know what to expect because you know they they had my 2018 match of the year I mean that was a five star match an amazing match the best of Super Junior final I'm not expecting this to be that good especially without like the the crowd being able to make noise and stuff, where the crowd really helped a lot in that match because they were so behind Hiromu, wanting him to win the best of Super Junior. Um, mm-hmm. But I still think this will be really good. Like I'd, I'd be surprised if it was below four. I just don't quite see it getting to that match of the year level. Mm-hmm. So,
0: do, do you think Ishimori's been a bit disappointing? Uh,
1: I think he's been about what he's always been. I, I never thought he was that great in Noah either. He's a very average junior who, like, a slightly above average junior heavyweight who had who Hiromu, you know, had an amazing match with. But, like, other than that, I mean, I never thought he was See,
0: that level. To, to me, he, when he peaks, he peaks. He goes very high. But then there's, like, the rest of his work. And he'll have, like, one or two great matches a year where you're like, oh, wow, Taiji Shimori, he's really good. And then he uh, has the rest of his matches, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, Taiji Ishimori. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm... I'm hoping this is one of those great matches. Uh, I think this card could use it, because, you know, it needs some sure things, but uh yeah, I, cu- I could see this being one of Ishimori's yearly uh, egg-laying sessions, and I do worry about that a bit.
1: Do you think Ishimori wins? I think it's pretty likely.
0: Uh,
1: Especially since they they, get, they have it out with Roman with that shoulder injury. so They I don't do know. have an out. Um... I mean, it depends. Do they want Hiromu to enter G1 as junior champion, or do yeah. they want Hiromu to lose the title so you think he has a better chance of winning?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a 50-50 with me. Uh, I am not one of the Hiromu for world champ people. Uh, I think Hiromu carrying the junior division is a good spot. I, I really like the junior division. It's my favorite division in New Japan, so I obviously I don't want to see Hiromu uh, leave um and i certainly don't want to see him leave it to taiji ishimori <laughs> so it may be a bit selfish and uh you know I'm, but you, could I'm do, but you could do you could
1: do it but money. you could do ishimori wato i don't know i mean there's not much to his division right now and i just don't there's really, really see, not yeah i don't really I see think where
0: yeah
1: i just don't see where haruma goes from here i guess if he retains uh despi oh yeah i guess
0: uh, I would, you know, or maybe, you know, do the Kanemaru thing. You know, have Kanemaru beat Wato. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there isn't much for him to do at Junior. Uh, unfortunately, there's even less for Ishimori to do at Junior. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is kind of one. I'll be interested to see where this goes. and you'll, It'll definitely tip off what direction they're going with Hiromu. Uh
1: The semifinal is the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles. Uh, Zach and Taichi making their attempted first defense against Ibushi and Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. This one I really have no idea about because... Um, go yeah I mean like you think that whole story with Tanahashi they were telling is leading to him and Ibushi uh, you know overcoming the odds and winning finally but like it feels way too soon to end the Dangerous Techers reign I mean there's such a great team that yeah. you know but this match either way should be awesome I love their match of Dominion with like four and a half on it so you know I think this will be a great match and I guess I lean Ibushi Tanahashi but I would like to see Dangerous Techers retain
0: uh yeah so yeah this is another one of those matches that could go e- you know either way and you'll, you'll get a lot of tip off in what directions they're going from here uh i think there are probably more opponents for probably for techers actually uh but i think uh in my you know heart of hearts i think tanahashi and abushi are gonna lose and i think they might be start you know Slowly starting the story where Tanahashi moves down the card. Uh, What I'd like to see is, you know, maybe uh, Abushi needs the submission or the pinfall here, or maybe, you know, Tanahashi gets. I don't know. I'm trying to make up in my head a way where Tanahashi stays at the top of the card, but I just feel like he's going to start falling down slowly but surely, and it makes me sad. (laughs) Uh, I I do have. uh, Somebody kind of came up with a theory. I think it was. um, I can't remember. It's that Tanahashi stand on Twitter, so this is probably fodder. But uh, maybe Tanahashi turns heel on Ibushi because he doesn't like that he's falling out of the he's falling out of the spotlight, or that you know he's trying to make Ibushi replace him. I don't know. Yeah. I'm hopeful. I, I think they're going to do something interesting with this, though. I think this is an, I think the inevitable culmination of this is a match or some kind of feud between Tanahashi and Ibushi, and I would be surprised if they're both uh, faces in that feud.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really know. The other thing is, I don't know if it really matters who wins because the next big thing for everybody will be G1 anyway. So right. like, you know, I think it'd just kind of be a belt they hold with them during the G1. So uh, the main event is for the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Double Titles. I did see a Naito challenging Evil, trying to make his second defense here. Um, so here's where I am on this. My brain tells me Naito's winning the belts back and this evil thing was another short reign to establish him just like it was Mm -hmm. for naito in 2016 or jay white in 2019 2019. yeah like these heels do not hold this title these titles very long uh my gut feels like he was gonna win but that could be a you know having naito like fucking ptsd with like (laughs) just (laughs) no having night lose so many of these matches where i think he's gonna win
0: um there's a, there's a thing where uh, victims of abuse go back to their abuse. <laughs> well,
1: you just took my, you took my mildly offensive metaphor and made it much more offensive. Thank you. But no, uh, yes, Naito, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, it's just very, I don't, I don't really know with him. I mean, it's very like, I, I think he's going to win. I mean, when he said that line to evil, like, rental time, my belts are over. That was great. And maybe think he is going to win, but like, I'll never, like my Naito fandom is always like, I'm, I'm always going to be scared he's going to lose. Which is funny, the one time I wasn't scared he was going to lose, he lost to Evil on the last time. So maybe that means he'll win. But yeah, I don't know. Um, let me just let me yeah, try every, to think about this. I mean, yeah, I, 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 don't, I'm, I don't think Naito Evil is going to be the Dome. So whatever they're doing for the Dome, I don't think Evil will be involved. So I think if Naito does lose this, I think he wins it back after the G1. Uh, so, I'm not like fucking, you know, definitely frightened of whatever's going to happen here, but I definitely could see a scenario where Naito, you know, loses again here, beats Evil in the G1 without winning the G1, and then beats Evil at whatever big show they decide to run in November. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every time I see Naito in a match like this, I just feel like Gato's raising a belt at me. Um, I. <sighs> in my in my mind's, i i think uh i kind of think naito's looking at the lights well i guess he's looking at the sky in this case but uh i have a feeling naito had his reign and uh that's what we were owed. so i think he's going back to being teflon naito yeah and uh he's gonna be looking at the lights and uh i think you can look forward to uh because the dome this year, they're not going to give us a big man event. The dome because they're not going to have a dome. Uh, I mean, not like an actual dome. Uh, I think expecting us to have a January fourth show with uh, any kind of attendance is well, I more think, well, than
1: optimistic. I think, I think the dome show is Naito Hiromu. I, th- I don't know. That's that's my guess right now.
0: Um, we could have a Naito Hiromu match. Would you be shocked if it was Evil Okada?
1: No, but I don't. I don't think it will be.
0: I worry. <laughs> I mean, but I, yeah, you'll have a good idea of where they're, they're going after this. I don't know. It's hard to tell uh, now because they're doing so many different things. Uh, I I used to feel more confident in judging where they're going, but I could see this going either way, but right now I'm leaning evil.
1: Okay. I guess we'll find out, but I'm very excited for the show. I think the card looks it's really job. good. I like that. It's a, a nice tight six matches with no undercard tags. Cause people were complaining nonstop about all the undercard tags on a you know, on the previous big shows Sengoku, Lord and Dominion,
0: I still uh, don't get that man. What the what? What have they been watching, Phil? I don't know. I dude, dude, I don't know what to tell you. Suddenly, the
1: undercard <laughs> tags are a big problem. But yeah, this, so people. This is
0: always what they've been. I, this is what New Japan has been since the beginning of time. There was know. that little era in 2010 to 2013 where they front loaded all their big pay per view shows, and you didn't have to watch the uh, road 2 shows so all you saw was a bunch of singles match and top tier title matches and like okay that was fine but you know this is what the promotion is and you know this is what japanese wrestling in general is so getting bent out of shape about oh there's too many multi-mans they're boring multi-mans you're not supposed to watch them all
1: yeah i I watch them all but i'm a i'm a crazy person so yeah
0: yeah i must say you're a crazy person (laughs) you know i'm like i I don't i don't i
1: don't watch the the only time i don't watch them is during the tournaments because then it's like i just don't have time like i will i absolutely do skip them during like g1s and stuff but,
0: well yeah that's an exercise in self-care yeah. love yourself but um yeah i i i don't get this uh new nitpicky thing with like multi-mans and established japanese trends in booking or like i don't, I don't know man it seems a little weird
1: uh yeah i don't know either but there we go that's new japan like I said, next week we'll be back to review Jingu and also the other Korakins and all that stuff, so you know, definitely tune in for that. Okay, so King of DDT, we're going to talk about the finals. Uh, as I mentioned much earlier, if you want to hear me talk about all the rest of the King of D tournament matches, it's on the Patreon at patreon.com slash wrestlingomakaze. Covered all three King of DDT previous shows with the first round, second round, and quarterfinals. So, uh... You can hear you can hear me talk all about the previous three rounds of King of DDT again. That's at Patreon.com/slash Wrestling So this is DDT Blackout presents King of DDT Final uh, earlier today, August 23rd at Korokin. Uh, we'll start with the under match, a five way match with Kazuki Hirata defeating Torawashi, Antonio Honda, Tomomitsu Matsunaga, and Yukio Naya. When Hirata pinned Honda with the miracle. One shot cradle in five thirty three. Uh, this was obviously not really much of a match, but the big comedy spot was uh, noted giant dork Yukio Naya. So basically, Kazuki Kazuki Hirata right has these sunglasses that he puts on, and then he does his dance. I think most people who watch DT would know that he, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he he got interrupted by Naya, and Naya picked up the glasses like he was going to use them, but then he's like, no, I don't need these, and he throws them away. He breaks out his glow sticks and he starts doing uh, what's called rote, uh, gay I don't know how to pronounce it, but gay dancing to a Hatsune Miku song. So this is like, um, basically it just means like idol dancing, like basically showing up at a concert to, you know, um, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, to support your favorite idols, which do not have to be real people. They can also be Vocaloids, as it was here. So, that was awesome. I really enjoyed uh, Yukio Naya. It's the most personality, first of all, he's ever shown, uh, you know, at a D.E.T. show. So, I hope they lean into this gimmick now and just have him just be, like, you know, like Oka, I guess. Like, a massive, be the massive dork he apparently is. Like, he loves all this geek stuff and anime stuff, so you know, it'd be nice to have him get more of a personality here. Uh, but yeah, it was just a, just a match. Otherwise, you know, just very, very quick. Not much to say about it.
0: Uh, yeah, this was just basically me trying to get adjusted to DDT. Cause when I do drop into DDT, I'm watching the top end stuff, right? Like I'm not really tuning into a lot of DDT undercards. Uh, so a lot of the beginning of this was just me kind of trying to figure out how everything goes and, uh, just trying to get a feel for the general vibe of the show. Uh, there wasn't really anything to this. I didn't, I didn't find it in any way particularly funny. It was fine. Uh, this was not my favorite match of the night.
1: Uh, the opener uh, on the show proper, actually before that, uh, Chris Brooks came out and cut a short promo at the start of the show, uh, talking about his upcoming Universal title defense against Drew Parker on September 7th, which is right back here at Corkin. A, a show I'm sure we'll cover uh, either here or on the Patreon. Uh, Brooks basically said that Drew is one of his best friends, uh, possibly his very best friend in wrestling, but when he faces him for the Universal title, he'll be facing him as a DT wrestler against a Big Japan wrestler, since Drew Parker is from Big Japan. So that's a kind of cool little storyline, I like that, and they're going to main event a Korokin with these two white guys, which is, you know, always an interesting thing, something DT has done before. But uh, yeah. I definitely think it'll be a, a fun little match. So I
0: feel like Chris Brooks fits in really well there. I'm pretty surprised to be honest.
1: Yeah, he's a million times better than I ever saw him in Brit Res. So not that I ever liked Brit Res or watched him that often. So, <laughs> but I definitely. I mean, I heard people always talk shit about him though, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. He he's been great since he came over. So
0: yeah, I think it's weird. Uh, so like, I had a soft spot for Brit for Brit Res until. Uh, no comment uh i because i liked a lot of the guys that came from there you know I, I wasn't as low on osprey as you were i i liked tyler Bate and uh you know uh i i liked david star uh, <laughs> a bad judge of character i guess um and you know i, I like those kinds of guys zach all those uh brooks was always a guy where i was like you know i think he's fine i don't want him in new japan but he he seems fine he's so much better in ddt he's just one of those guys i think who just found his niche he uh when i saw him today i was like oh he he just he fits here like he he fits the vibe of ddt and uh i think i'm 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 hopeful that he stays there to be honest i think this is the best place for him
1: uh so the the main card opener is your first king of DDT 2020 semifinal? uh tetsuya endo defeating kasusada higuchi by referee stoppage with the modified yuri kimomori hold in 1019. Uh, a bit of a stunner right away here i really thought higuchi was winning this entire tournament but it was not to be uh so higuchi ran over endo with a lariat right as the bell rang great little opening here and then he had I love a, that yeah it's always a great start to a match Then he hits a Northern Lights Bomb. Just really not wasting any time at all. Uh, But then they ended up on the floor where Endo tried a dive. But Higuchi... Well, he tried to catch him around the neck but I think Endo was supposed to land on his feet but he just kind of fell. So that didn't really work out. But then everything after that was good. He tried to choke slam him. Uh, Endo ended up on the apron but Higuchi caught him into an electric chair position and then dropped him face first onto the apron. Uh, Yeah, it looked a little awkward at times but definitely worked out by the end. Uh, Higuchi then worked over Endo back in the ring, a little too slowly for my liking, honestly, and there's a rest hold that goes on a bit too long for a 10-minute match. Uh, And then, I don't know, everything in the first five minutes to me just looked a step or two slow from these two guys, which was a little surprising to me. Like, they usually are really great and have great, great chemistry, but, like, I don't know if they were out partying late last night in Shinjuku, and, you know, this this was an 11.30 a.m. start in Japan, so I don't know if they just weren't really awake yet or what, but it just didn't wasn't good for me early on but then it started getting really good uh right around the big strike exchange uh as the bigger Higuchi like absorbed Endo's blows and then really like laid in him with these chops and these two huge running lights in the corner finally woke them up I guess uh and then Higuchi hit a huge choke slam for a two count Endo eventually got Higuchi in his modified yuri Momoe and Higuchi struggled in it for quite a while before the referee just stopped it like I said, kind of stunned at that, but there you go. Higuchi's out in the semifinals. He'll just retire before he ever wins the k and title, I guess. Uh, you know, pretty good, but a bit disappointing. I would go three and a quarter. They definitely have better matches, way better matches. Uh, it did pick up after the earlier part that was just a tad slowing off. But, you know, can't really go higher than that.
0: Uh, yeah, I thought it was okay. Uh, I went. I think I went three and a quarter as well. Uh, I liked the opening with Higuchi. Of Higuchi. Uh, I hadn't seen Higuchi before. He was pretty good. Uh, I've seen a little bit of Endo. Uh, this wasn't his best showing, as far as I'm uh, aware. Uh, there wasn't much to say about it. I'm it pretty sure. I really liked the finish. Uh, yeah, that's about all I have to say about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say, looking at Grapple, it seems like not. There's a ton of ratings on there, but it seems like people are much higher than either one of us. It had like a 3.7 average, so it's interesting. People also higher in the next match than I was. Uh, The second semifinal, T Hawk versus Akito. Uh, T Hawk defeats Akito with the Night Ride in 11 19. Uh, So, this one I get why people might have it higher, and I'll go through it as I get there. So, it starts out fast, just like the last match, with Akito trying to dropkick T Hawk's knee, Uh, but T Hawk comes back over, or comes back and takes over pretty quick. Uh, Akito starts targeting T Hawk's leg, uh, including with some. Very vicious dragon screws where T Hawk hung up in the corner. And he even does one on both legs at once, which is really cool. Uh, here's where T Hawk loses me, though, and where, where the match loses some points for me. He starts running very fast on his supposedly bad legs right after they were destroyed. And then after he finishes running, he falls down clutching them again like he was just shot by a sniper. Uh, not good selling not, not good selling at all from Thawk. I mean you cannot you need to limp a little bit when you're running or just run a little bit slower than usual like selling should not be I'm running as fast as I can and now I'm gonna fucking fall down and clutch my legs like I was just shot I mean doesn't make any sense it's not good selling so I had to take points off for that it just wasn't good um but after that Akito like interrupts a flurry of offense by Thawk by rolling into an ankle lock a great counter looks so natural Uh, When T-Hawk is about to escape, Akito hit a whole sequence of leg attacks in a row that looked great, like just did all these knee crushers and stuff. And then he got a second takedown back into the ankle hold. He tried to transition to his uh, bird eater, whatever he calls that finisher, but T-Hawk fought him off before he could lock it in. Uh, T-Hawk fought him off again with a hard right hand when he tried to get it locked in again, then hit his own big spitting suplex thing that he likes to do. And then Akito countered the pin attempt, after that, though, into three straight pin attempts, almost like T-Hawk's leg did kind of bother him there and let him do that counter, which was good. Good psychology. Uh, but, yeah, the third pinfall was a really close near fall, like super, super close. That was a great great little near fall there. So he runs into T-Hawk again and eats the night ride for the pin. Uh, this is a hard one to rate because I loved a lot of the action, especially from Akito. Uh, but T-Hawk's leg selling was just dog shit. I mean, you know, uh, I'm going to go three and a half. It could have been four easily if t-hawk had limped a little instead of running around at full speed uh but what can you do i still enjoyed it uh that's what, it, what i mean you know nothing's perfect i guess but that's where i'm at three and a half uh
0: so i keep i um i'm not the high man on t-hawk i know everyone uh has made him out to be the new like future i get you know big name in japan i don't know uh, to me, some of his offense comes across as lazy. He just flat out whiffed on a few of his knee strikes. Included. Like he does the uh, float over into the knee, and he just outright missed. Uh, there were a few of the striking spots that just didn't look that great to me. The selling was pretty atrocious. Yeah, and that spe- uh, specific spot you mentioned, uh, match was fine. I was actually more impressed with the other guy who I hadn't seen before. Oh, I see, yeah. Oh, so uh, what's his? What's the guy's name that he was? T Hawk was wrestling in this match. Akito. He's awesome. Akito, yeah. I hadn't seen him before, because uh, I don't tune into DDT a lot. Um, he looked really good. I think I saw him in the semifinal, but uh, other than that, he uh, he looked really good. I liked him a lot more than T-Hawk, actually, in this match, and uh, that was not what I was expecting going in, but uh, I, thought he, uh, I just thought he looked a lot better than T-Hawk. I went three and a half as well. Uh, it wasn't anything... Too great, and I actually thought T Hawk was the one that dragged the match down in this instance.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Akito is awesome, so and he was really good here. Uh, match number three, Donshoku Dino and Sego Tajibana defeating Yukio Sakaguchi and Saki Akai when Dino pinned Sakaguchi with the gay do clutch. Haha, uh, oh. but yes, oh. <laughs> per, per DDT English. Oh. Uh, DET English update at DET Pro underscore ENG always have to plug them because they always do a great job uh, before the match Dino tells Sago that he knows Yu-Gi-Oh's weakness because he's wrestled him a million times and he whispers it to him before the match uh, this turns out to be both of them coming out wearing pantyhoses around their heads which I the, the comedy worked for me here because first of all When they meant it was Yukio's weakness, apparently what they meant was Yukio finds the concept of people wearing pantyhose on their heads so fucking funny that he cannot do anything but laugh, which was really funny. Just watching, and he really did corpse during this, so I don't think that was acting. I think he really does find it hilarious. Uh, But meanwhile, Saki Akai, his partner, just keeps the exact same like, completely stone face, like, completely blank look on her face that she pretty much always has, which... I, that's great comedy. I don't know. Her just looking at them completely blank, completely stone face, doesn't care at all that they're wearing this pantyhose on their heads while her partner is just, like, cracking up is really funny. Uh Before... As the match started, like, Saki and Tachibana were, like, kneeling each other's faces and trash-talking each other, which I thought was kind of funny, too. Um, but, yeah, then D- Dino and Seiko... Like tied their pantyhose together and hit like a clothesline of sorts with it on Sakaguchi, like a a much more literal clothesline, as I think uh, the DT English guy said. And they choked him out with the the two pantyhose tied together. uh Yukio though low bridged them when they charged the ropes, so Sego went to the floor and choked his own partner Dino with the tied pantyhose, and then he basically you know y- Yukio amassed them both, started kicking Dino's ass, uh, but Dino came back with his dragon screw in the nuts. Uh, Kits Matsui by accident to, to uh, Which ended up like you know putting him out But yeah then Sego puts the Pantyhose over the unconscious Rest Matsui uh, Which wasn't clear to me why they were doing that first While Saki and Yukio were like Killing Dino with double team moves and kicks But that turns out to be so Yukio was laughing so hard At Matsui with the pantyhose On his head as he crawls over to count They let go of the cover And Dino rolls him up in a Gato clutch for the win uh, And you know pointing at his head like he outsmarted him this was actually really funny. I I thought this was a great comedy match.
0: Um, yeah, I I didn't have the context going in. Uh, I don't so think just... What context do you need? I thought it was they wore pantyhose on their head. I don't know. <laughs> What's the yeah? Kind of... <laughs> it was. I I yeah. I don't know. It wasn't my gig, but it was fine. Uh, yeah. This was. I I actually liked the uh, first match better than I liked this one.
1: Okay. Uh, match number four, Hiroshima, Yuki Ueno, Naomi Yoshimura, Chris Brooks, and Minoru Tanaka, defeating Daisuke Sasaki, Soma Takao, Mad Polly, L. Linda and Nobuhiro Shimatani, uh, Hiroshima Pin Shimatani with the Somato, and 1247. This was billed as the King of D T 2020 special, Tim Man Tag, because they're all participants. This is this was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, they, they beat up Yuki Ueno forever. Uh, then Brooks came in and made a really high energy comeback including a great German suplex on Soma and then he leaped the top rope to hit a huge double arm superplex on Shisaki as soon as he tagged in. That was great. Uh, Tanaka and Shisaki had a really great exchange as well and we really want to see a singles match with the two of them. Uh, and then Tanaka and Hiroshima then double team poor Shibitani and nearly killed him. Uh, we got a big wild sequence where everybody doing dives and Hiroshima finally finished Shimitani off with the somato. Uh, i thought this was matching and night. up to this point i went three and a half De- definitely a good match uh
0: yeah that's about where i went i uh man, tanaka does not age does he <laughs> he's no. uh he's still really good and he looked you know he's not like still just good in ring he actually looks really good for- he's what, forty seven has to be at least yeah nine.
1: he's forty i think he's exactly forty seven yeah
0: Jesus, yeah. He looked really good in this. Uh, I thought the double team sequences between him and I believe it was uh, Hiroshima were really good. Uh, oh, So I found my new hero in this match, Daisuke Sasaki. I had not seen him before until this match. Uh, and I don't know who he hit, but somebody hit the ropes and he just smacked them in the back with a sign.
1: Yeah, he hit a with Shimatani's sign
0: and it was the funniest spot of the night to me i cackled i don't know why uh it in any other context it wouldn't have been but this just grumpy bastard smacking this guy in the back uh was for whatever reason just what i needed in that specific moment uh so yeah i that was the spot of the match for me uh i also went three and a half so uh
1: match number five the semi-final kanosuke takashita Shuma Katsumata, Shinya Aoki, and Keigo Nakamura defeating the Junretsu team of Junakiyama, Makoto Oishi, Mizuki Watase, and Hideki Okatani. Uh, Takeshita pinned Oishi with the German suplex in 1455. Um, so, Shinya and Keigo were wearing OK Boomer t shirts. I thought was pretty funny. Uh, that's to set up because they're going to face, uh, I think, or, actually, I actually, don't remember who exactly is going to face who. But yeah, Junakiyama and. Uh, you know, and the big boss and Shiro Takagi are going to team up as the boomer tag team. I mean, that's basically what they're calling them. So yeah. So they have these okay boomer t-shirts is really funny. Uh, we get a big Akiyama and Takashita showdown with both guys trading blows and neither backing down before Takashita uses his partners to, to get an advantage. I, I there's somebody in the voice wrestling slack who pointed this out. I, I need to, I should have figured out who it was. so I can give them proper credit. Uh, but yeah, basically, remember when Akiyama first went over to uh, DDT, I think Joe Land's exact quote on the voice wrestling flagship was, uh, you know, June Akiyama's not going there to wrestle Takashita or anything. And his first shoot is for Takashita, which is really uh, funny.
0: Was that, was that uh, Liam?
1: I think it might have been Liam, yeah. I think it was so, Liam. So yeah. there you go. But uh, shout out to Liam. Who I don't know listens. To, I don't know if he listens or not. But <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so uh, I just thought that was really funny. That yes, uh, Joe has to take an L on that one because they are they are doing an akiyama Takashe show showdown. Uh,
0: akiyama is on the retirement tour, Joe. Uh, but yeah sorry to disappoint.
1: akiyama and Takashe will be probably be a match for Ultimate Party at this rate. I think so. They've been feuding pretty much since Akiyama came in. But yeah, hit. I mean, their their whole showdown here was awesome. Like, both yeah. guys trading blows and neither backing down. And then Takashita had to use his partners to finally get an advantage. Uh, things broke down even more to, like, a big fight all over ringside. Uh, we got another great strike exchange with Watase, you know, trying to stand up to Takashita. And he actually managed to come out on top of it, thanks to a nice jumping enzagiri. I say, like, every time we talk to E.T., but Watase, he looks so much better since he joined Jim Retsu and, you know, presumably is getting advice from Akiyama. You know behind the scenes as well and he just looks like i don't know he looks the best he has in years um yeah. we get the straps down Keiko nakamura just screaming his ass off as he hits those kicks uh before we get the finish with uh takashita pinning makoto uh this was a good match i went three and a quarter lots of fun action i enjoyed it
0: yeah uh, you know it's nice to see akiyama still hanging in there and i'm i'm glad that he's not forced to work carnival shows against his wishes anymore uh I It was a weird mix of people for me. Uh, I thought some of them were really good. You know, your Takashita's, our cameras of the world, I thought were really good. Uh, I, there were a few, and I don't know their names, but there were a few people in the match I didn't think were good at all. Uh, more like a couple. Uh, one, I was wearing blue. The guy that got pinned I didn't think was very good, Oishi. Well, he's, um,
1: Oishi's awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe he wasn't she, here, but he's, he's usually really good.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he might be uh, normally. Just for whatever reason, this match didn't click with me. Uh, I was glad Takashita got the pin, uh, because he really impressed me in the match. He looked really good. And uh, that was about my take on it. I went three and a quarter.
1: The main event, the King of DDT 2020 final, to see Endo defeating T-Hawk with the Shooting Star Press in 2024. Uh, This started with T-Hawk beating Endo down early. Uh, Endo made a comeback, including a nice springboard diving elbow. And then there was a big, big exchange of like both guys... No selling and hitting a million moves in a row that was honestly a little sloppy, but still pretty good. I mean, I would have liked to see a little more contact on Endo's lariat, for instance, during that sequence, but T Hawk made up for it by like killing him with a running knee attack, like really destroying him. Uh, it it led up to a double knockout tease after that. Uh, there was a great moment where T Hawk just like chopped Endo off the top rope, and Endo sold it really well too. Uh, But then we got a big botch, unfortunately, where endo was trying to do a rana uh you know basically he was trying to he did like a springboard where he was trying to end up in a rana position on t shoulders where t was going to catch him and like tease a powerbomb but endo kind of just fell to the apron so i mean that that kind of sucked i mean you have to take points off for that yeah. um they basically repeat the spot too which i never like when there's a botch as t right. like puts endo back on the top rope and they end up doing the rana after all uh, after Endo countered him with a sleeper. It's not, like, unforgivable, but it did look pretty stupid overall. Um, luckily, they then go into a... They go right into a fast big move sequence right after that, so we have plenty of time to forget about it. Uh, T-Hawk hits the BT bomb for a two-count and then goes for the night ride and hits it, but Endo manages to kick out, so he got to kick out of a big move there. Uh, Endo came back with a Canadian destroyer that T-Hawk no-sold. Uh, Endo then hit a big Enzagiri. And then went for his new finisher, the Animal Crossing New Horizons, which I can't <laughs> believe is what it's really called. But that's what the English update account says. So, uh, Which is like a made-in-Japan-esque driver. Which the announcer even compared it to that, made-in-Japan. Yeah. Uh, T-Hawk kicked out, though. So, so much for that new finisher, I guess. Right. But Endo <laughs> then hit the Shooting Star Press off the top for the pen. Uh So I'm torn here. I really loved a lot of match. Great high-energy match. A lot of good action. You have to take it down notch or two for that big botch we talked about. So I'm going to go three and three quarters. I don't think I can quite go four, but it was pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, again, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I was on my way to probably a four and a quarter star match before that botch. Uh, I was really enjoying uh, pretty much the majority of the match. Uh, Indo in general really impresses me, and I actually uh, when I when I looked at that botch, I actually can't tell who was responsible for that to be honest.
1: I yeah, but, I don't know either. I think it was Endo. I think he o I think he leapt too high or something. But...
0: Yeah, I think he I think he must have I feel like I don't know, I couldn't tell tell because it also looked like T Hawk was really awkward and I don't know. It just looked weird. Uh I thought T-Hawk kinda salvaged it and made it look like he did something when he looked like he somewhat power bombed him down. Or like he kinda threw him down ish, it looked like. Uh so I thought they kinda made it look okay, but going back to the spot made it more obvious that they had just botched it. I think if they would have just switched to something else and then went back to the spot, like even if they would have just done like a quick hit the ropes, drop down, stupid sequence and then went back to it, it would have helped kind of deflect from what had just happened. And they could have made it seem a bit more organic, but that's nitpicking and they're the ones paid to do it. Um, I went three and three quarters. Uh, I think the right guy won. I think Endo is uh, probably the star DET, uh, should be getting behind, even though I don't think this was his best night. Yeah, great. Uh, um i think you know if if i was going for showings to you know show people
1: oh yeah there's a million better endo matches you could pick yeah i mean endo has
0: some fantastic uh showings in the past i think he brings something really unique to uh the dd presentation i mean that he's why i was watching uh i watched the uh tournament specifically because i was curious about endo because i'd heard so much about him uh and there were a few other names in there that i was interested but mostly i was watching to see endo yeah, and he is very good. <laughs> uh, this was, this was not his best. Uh, I don't think T Hawk fits very well in DDT.
1: Really, I just, I think T Hawk's good. I don't, I'm not as down on him as you are. I think he's, you okay. know, he didn't have the, he didn't have the best night here, but I think he was, he, he had a really good match against somebody uh, during the actual K D T tournament. I'm trying to remember who the fuck it was now. I think, hmm, maybe just, look, maybe I'll just look it up. But you can keep talking. What about, what, what do you think but, uh, about it?
0: I just. I don't know. He didn't, he didn't feel uh, like he was in the right place there, but I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'm not as huge on T-Hawk as a lot of people. I think a lot of the Dragon Gate guys are hit or miss, Dragon Gate guys are hit or miss with me. Yeah. Uh, like, I love Shingo, but, uh, and I, I usually like Shiva, but I hawk has been kind of... Uh, I'm just not on the bandwagon, and I didn't think he fits well, well with DDT. I think there are places I've seen him where he fit better. Uh, was it... I think I watched him in a title match in Wrestle 1. Maybe I'm losing my mind.
1: Yeah, that, that's no, that's that's. I'm sure that's probably right. I mean, he was Wrestle yeah. One champion.
0: Yeah. So I so I think it was Wrestle One title match, and he looked a lot better. I was like, oh, okay, this must be what people see. But uh, I didn't like him as much in this tournament. Uh, as of course, that's uh, partly a matter of expectations. But, yeah. Yeah. So that's about where I the got match me. I
1: was thinking about oh, was T Hawk and Hirata because Serious Hirata is awesome, and they had a really great first round match. But uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was actually pretty good.
1: Uh, But there you go. That's the DDT Corkin. Overall, I would say a good show, not a great show. Definitely been much better DDT Corkins. I would say a little disappointing, given the semis and finals we had. But I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I mean, it's never—it's very rarely a bad time. But uh, you know, definitely not my favorite Corkin ever or anything.
0: Yeah, it was nice that it was streamlined. Uh, It wasn't a bad kind of introduction to a full card of DDT. Yeah, Uh, I. So I expected that I would hate the entire undercard and I would like the tournament matches. And what I found was I hated like two of the undercard matches and uh, I actually liked two of the undercard matches and I really, you know, I I liked the tournament matches. So basically it was like a new Japan card (laughs) where I usually hate two of the undercard matches, like two of the undercard matches and then, you know, Uh,
1: top two matches. So the, so the big thing in the post-match by the way, was uh, Ima Bayashi congratulating Endo You know, Endo gets to pick his challenger for Ultimate Party on November 3rd at Oda Ward now. Uh, You know, Endo did nominate Kenny Omega. uh, gamer, The gamer. But he said, you know, given COVID, bringing him in might be difficult. Uh, They'll negotiate, but he tells Endo to please have a backup plan in mind. Uh, You know, Endo basically said that he knows the chances are slim, but he still wanted to nominate Kenny. Uh, If it doesn't work out, Endo does say he'll have a surprise in mind. uh, And then we get the last... The last little thing is uh you know telling Sasaki that this time about the 1 million yen prize unlike in other years they have to split it evenly and Nobu does not get a cut because he was in ox corner. So there you go. But yeah, uh good show. So What do you
0: What do you think of the uh the gamer coming to deal? I don't think
1: he'll be on the show. I don't think they're gonna, I, I do not think he'll make it, but uh, do, you, you know,
0: do you think they're going to run that eventually?
1: Yeah, 2021. I think it's going to build for 2021, but I guess we'll yeah. see. Uh, the other big announcement, by the way, we, we forgot to mention for Ultimate Party is uh, Hiroshima and Marifuji against Shima and Soma Takao. Uh, I would not get too excited for that because Marafuji has a long record of laying a lot of eggs in DDT, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, the next big DDT show is coming up in only a couple weeks. Uh, maybe it's like three weeks, actually. It's September 7th, so... Uh, yeah, only a few. Two weeks from today. Uh, so, that will be September 7th, the Corken and Hall, uh, d t Get Alive 2020. It's actually a Monday, I'm sorry, so like two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, we have three matches announced so far. Team Big Boomers versus All Out, Jun and Shinshiro Takagi against Konosuke Takeshida and Shuma Katsumata. The KOD six-man tag team titles, uh, Higuchi, Sakaguchi, and Saki Akai. Uh, eruption, defending the titles against Dancho Gudino, Seiko Tachibana, and Yoshiko, which that will be a lot of comedy, I'm sure, but could still... Yoshiko's in there to carry the work rate, I guess, so could still be good. And then the main event, a DT Universal title, no DQ match. I forgot there's no DQ. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Chris Brooks against Drew Parker. So, should be a cool little show.
0: That would probably be pretty good, yeah.
1: yeah. So... Let me see here. I got a couple questions. I did a little ask for questions very last minute, so... Uh, Let's see. First of all, from the uh, Voice of Wrestling Discord, Mark says, Is the KOBW stipulations and whole idea as goofy and bad as everyone makes it out to be, or is a victim of people not enjoying COVID-era New Japan and evil and Dick Togo? I suspect you and I would disagree on this. I think it's the, the latter. I think people are making a much bigger deal of this than it is because they don't like uh covet era new japan so
0: uh actually i kind of agree i don't know like i i don't like it but you know i a lot of it is i don't like covet era new japan and i think it's a compounding thing and like i said earlier uh, i think uh western wrestling fans have brain rot because they're always looking for their promotions inevitable downfall because that's how western promotions go uh so i think there's just a a thing where everyone's projecting more onto this than there probably is. It's probably just a wacky idea Okada had while on some kind of painkiller, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, it'll, if it if it hits off with the fans, maybe you'll see it a couple times. Uh, I don't I don't think this is a long term thing. I really don't. I don't I don't think this will stick when there are crowds. Uh, Gato can't book a tag division. I don't think he's booking this. Uh, yeah uh the other
1: the other question was from the super J cast discord uh velke braka said will kenneth lay down for endo if he gets in the country for ultimate party uh i I, if kenny comes he's winning i hate to tell people uh (laughs) i mean i think they're gonna i think kenny will be endo and they'll do kenny takashida but i could be wrong on that that's just my read on it
0: (laughs) just walk up to kenny do the job for no that doesn't work for me brother yeah yeah unfortunate uh, I don't know. I actually think the, has you know, he has, has
1: more... he even lost that fucking AAA title that he won? I don't think he has yet.
0: A good question. You're asking the wrong person. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I my my takes on Kenny title reigns apparently aren't popular in the Slack. So um, they're popular with me, buddy. <laughs> the gender mahal of New Japan title reigns. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think. If I no, if I were DDT, I wouldn't even do the match if they couldn't have Endo beat him. Yeah, I I really think uh, if I'm DDT and I'm not, so this is useless. But uh, I would have the rocket on Endo, and I would have Kenny's whole purpose there being to put over Endo. I don't think there's a point in the gamer coming in and you know hitting him with a one-winged angel and waxing poetic about it for 30 years on twitter uh <laughs> it's all he ever talks
1: I, about is just old japan matches yeah, it's like buddy he you're
0: talks about AEW. he's like eh.
1: yeah. <laughs> you're on cable television every week in america and all he ever does is like Oh, remember when i faced titsy and naito the g1 it's like buddy did you... is anything you're doing now maybe inspire you to to tweet about it <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay
0: but enough about that, John. Remember when I wrestled Okada with a broken ankle and my spine was fractured? and I, I broke my back. And it was, yeah. I mean, apparently this man was a quadriplegic wrestling 40-minute classics in New Japan. Uh, I, I have a, a bit of a difficult time believing that. Uh, but like, hey, maybe he did it. Maybe he, uh, he, he should go to some medical professionals and uh, talk to them about his secrets. Because, man, he apparently had a laundry list of injuries. Uh, the entire time he was in Japan. And he still loved it somehow. I, I have to figure I'd be miserable at that point. But who knows? Well,
1: What, what are you going to do? Alright, well, let's wrap this up. Jeff, give me your plugs. All right. Uh,
0: My Twitter is... give Go give me your plugs first, actually.
1: Uh, it's at Ika underscore L-I-J. Do you not know your own Twitter?
0: No, no, uh, well, I changed it. Oh, really? Uh, at, at, yeah, it's <laughs> at Jeff underscore Andrews 21.
1: Okay. Uh, good to know. I...
0: Yeah, uh, that's what it is now.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I would—I definitely was going to put the other one without checking in the in the description. So I'm glad you brought it. You, up Yeah, uh, uh, no,
0: I changed. I I changed it to Jeff underscore Andrews twenty one. Uh, I don't post much, and my uh, content is eclectic. So there's that. But I will be posting some articles on VOW soon, including a preview for Jingu.
1: Yeah, we're, uh, we're both on that. We got to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. We should probably get on
1: that. Yeah, I guess we'll this week. This week, I don't yeah. know. All right, folks. Thank you as always for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Russell Omikase. Wrestling would not fit. Don't forget about the Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Wrestling uh, All your bonus audio content, five dollars a month. Definitely check it out. Uh, next week, it'll be me and my buddy Quinlan returning to the show. Uh, you know, because I'm going going into his house to watch Jingu. So we'll talk about Jingu. Uh, we'll talk about the other New Japan stuff from the week. Uh, the two Korakins and probably New Japan Strong as well. So that'll be next week. I don't think we're going to be talking about anything else. So I was going to do Stardom, but Stardom got cancelled. So we really can't do much with that, unfortunately. But yeah, so we'll be back next weekend to talk Jingu and all the other New Japan stuff from the week. In the meantime, thank you as always for listening, and we'll see you next time.